You're listening to the Tube Life Podcast with Patrick and Alex. We're here to learn from other creators and entrepreneurs how to become better creators ourselves, and we want to take you on our journey with us to be inspired and to help you achieve your own goals. Thank you for joining us on our journey into the Tube Life. Welcome to the Tube Life Podcast. Tonight, we have a really amazing guest. He started his YouTube journey about four years ago, and his channel has absolutely skyrocketed. And if you're into cameras and tech, you will know this guy, Peter Lindgren. Welcome to the podcast, man. Thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be here. Amazing to have you here. And, and Peter, for those, for those one or two people who have been living under a rock and don't know who you are, <laughs> Uh, let us know about your channel, or should I say channels and what they're about? Yeah, I don't know about living on a rock. I mean, like my <laughs> channel, of course, it's like it's big in the sense of that I have many subscribers. But I mean, like the last couple of years, it's been uh, it's been a little bit slow. But um, so I started my YouTube channel basically because I wanted to make vlogs and get better at video- videography back in uh, I think it was 2018, and. Uh, it was, it's been a wild journey and uh, a lot of fun stuff has happened. And, um, then the last two years, I would say has been where everything just went from, you know, being, being YouTube to actually becoming a job that you can do full time and then work with this and have fun and meet great people such as yourself. And, um, it's, uh, it's also been one of those things where I feel like a, a hobby, turned into a job is not always a good thing and to answer your question with the second like the channels that that is where that comes in because i was talking to a friend the other day about um how when you like when you create a a job of your hobby then then that hobby doesn't really become your hobby anymore it becomes your job Mm. um even though you love it you know but you still have to fuel your hobby with another hobby to be able to have that as a, like a, like a burning passion. And that is what the vlog channel is doing for me. I was going to ask you, um, how that went yeah. for you. I mean, uh, we, I was just, of course, browsing, uh, through your channel uh, ahead of the, the podcast and, you know, starting with the oldest video, at least the oldest that's uh, still on the channel. And, um, there's a video in 2019, December, 2019, where you, um, sit at your kitchen table and you're blasting confetti for reaching 800 <laughs> subs, which is, you know, it's so awesome to see. Yeah. And obviously, since then, we have many, many, many times 800 subs on your channel. Uh, I mean, recently yeah. you, meet, you met uh, the Peter freaking McKinnon. I mean, that must have been like a tremendous experience. Oh, man, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know how you can you can explain that in the sense of how it felt because th- that entire trip was i was i was just living in a dream basically because for mm. me I, re- I remember the days when i was working at dhl you know i i got to the the desk at like 3 30 a.m every single morning and the first thing that i did was look like has peter uploaded a video and like if he had I grabbed a cup of coffee and I'm like, yeah, okay, I'm just gonna 10 minutes, 10 minutes. Come on. <laughs> and then I watched this video and then I started my job. And then I was like, no, I want to do this as well. And then I just started shooting video. Like I all, already knew the basics behind the camera, but to be able to meet Peter and actually see that he is like the person that he is on camera, that, that is why I really, really enjoyed with that because there's no, personality that is peter mckinnon i think that that's very cool so how did that go for you i mean uh, you know you started with in dhl you were thinking about starting a channel i think you, you did a few videos before that about bodybuilding and stuff yeah how did that go uh, you mean explain to me the you know the beginning of that and then this massive explosion that you had the absolute first vlogs that i did was when I was doing bodybuilding, see, like I've always been this outgoing, uh, or I, I wouldn't say outgoing guy, but I, I'm going to say like, um, I enjoy humor. I, I have no issues about making fun of myself. So when, when I started making the first vlogs, I was running around with like this tiny Sony action camera, just trying to record everything. And I had like one minute of me sitting in the car driving. That was it. It it was nothing <laughs> compared to what you see right now, but 
it also kind of like spurred me to make a little bit more videos. And I think it was towards the beginning of 2018 and the end of 2017 that I started to feel like, you know what, like I'm at 130 kilos heavy now with the bodybuilding. I feel like there's nothing more for me to achieve unless I want to go and do the super hard diets and go up and try to get a pro card and that kind of stuff. And for me, it was like, I'm more, I'm more a fan of the challenge rather than the goal, you know? So I felt in that moment that, you know what, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna stop bodybuilding. I'm going to invest my time in something different. And that is why I said like watching Peter's videos and Casey's videos, I, I wanted to make videos. So I decided to start making B-roll, you know, go out, shoot a couple of snowflakes falling from the sky, trying to make it awesome. And, uh, and I did that every single day after DHL. Literally every single day, I woke up 3.30 a.m. and got to work. And then after that, we, I think we worked up until like 1 p.m. or 2 p.m. or something like that. And then after that, I was super tired, but I wanted to make something. And the vlogs are really bad. They're not on my channel anymore. Uh, but it, it, it all led up to a point where I could feel like I... I know what I'm doing now. So maybe I can work with clients, you know? Um, so for me, it was more going the route of not trying to make YouTube the full-time gig because that, that was up there, you know, that, that was not possible for me when I started. I wanted to make videos. I wanted to make, see if I could do something different rather than what I had been doing for 13 years earlier. Right, so you chose the path of being a creator in um, in general rather than a YouTuber, if you will. Yeah, and I, and the YouTube thing was something that helped me become better at my craft, you know, because if you play guitar every single day in a band, but you don't practice, you're not going to get better at playing guitar, right? You're just going to stay at the same level. But to be able to play that awesome epic solo that you want to play, you have to practice on playing that awesome epic solo. So that was what I did. And when I got to the point where I had like um, a little bit of knowledge, I felt comfortable with editing software and Final Cut Pro and all that stuff, I reached out to clients and started to talk with friends if they wanted to have a video. Can we make like a short commercial? Can we make something? And on, on that way, I kind of started to get clients. And in 2018, I think it was towards August or something, I decided to rent an office space together with a friend. And I, I remember this so vividly because I took each and every month money from my own pocket, like the, the salary that I got from DHL and paid the rent for that space. Like I didn't have any money left, nothing saved, nothing. I was like... My mindset was that if I have an office space, it's going to look better for clients when they come and visit me instead of like saying, hey, you want to come buy a cup of coffee and sit here on my couch? You know, <laughs> it's, it's like it's one of those things when you go um, to the car dealership, like if, if you go up to someone's backyard and they're going to try to sell you a car, you're going to be like, huh? <laughs> right. Yeah. So. That was kind of the mindset that I had with the studio. And then that studio became the place where I started to make my YouTube videos. And towards the uh, end of 2019, you know, that was, that, was, uh, that was the end of that era. But in, I think it was, let me think, I think it was in December of 2018, we took a photo, which is one of my personal favorites all time. And that is of my friend smoking the cigar, mm. right? And that photo, when we posted that to Reddit, it got 120,000 upvotes in two days. Wow. So it was like, I, di I, I didn't have mm. my Instagram. I didn't have anything on it. So I was like, God Dad, how? <laughs> like my YouTube didn't take off because I didn't have any videos on a tutorial or anything like that. So there was no traction. But that photo was in my head for one entire year. 
And towards the end of 2019, I said to my friend, we should do that again. Like we should do the same thing again. Just in this time, we should do it in video. We should try to take that photo and put motion into what you did, right? So I went out, I bought all the props that I could because I didn't have any money. Like I, I, I didn't have any income. Like the, the only thing that I got was to pay the rent. So I went to scour like for a good card, deck of cards that looked good. And then like grabbed a couple of cheap poker chips and then brought my own whiskey glasses, that kind of stuff. And then we just like, okay, let's see what we can do. You know, I had a shot list in my head. We sat down, spent like four or five hours of shooting. And then I was like, yeah, I really hope that this is something good, you know? And then I got home like instantly, you know, you know, the feeling when you have a good video and you really want, "Ah, I want to, I want to do this now. (laughs) Right. That was the feeling that I had. And I just started piecing things together. And then the day after piece the, to get it a little bit more and they're like, yeah, this is good. This, this is what it's going to be. I don't have to do anything else. And then a friend came over, I showed him the video and he's like, yeah, it's pretty good. You know, it's, it's decent. And then I'm like, yeah, I think I'm pretty proud and uh, I have it behind the scenes. So I'm just going to post that onto YouTube tomorrow. And he's like, okay, cool. Post it, went to sleep, wake up the morning after like, wait, thousand new subs wow (laughs) it's like start looking at the analytics and it was like the views went from being like every hour i used to get like 50 views at max at that point and then it started to tick up to like 100 views 500 views an hour like a thousand views an hour like 2,000 views an hour and like 4,500 views per hour what the hell (laughs) and the subscribers just like Boom. So it was, that was kind of the skyrocket of my, my YouTube journey, I guess. Yeah. And um, to, be, to, to be able to like meet Peter, who kind of started the whole thing for me in the sense of making his videos accessible for me is kind of a cool thing. It's a full circle moment. Incredible journey. Yeah, thank you. And then I guess there's, there's lots more to come, I guess, as well, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I think one one of the biggest takeaways that I have with my journey, maybe bodybuilding or playing guitar or just doing YouTube, is that you have to you have to believe in what you do and be consistent with what you do. That is the key thing. It doesn't really matter what you try to do. Absolutely. Well, it's tattooed on your arm, right? For yes. a reason. <laughs> it is. <laughs> Just it in is. case you forget. Because <laughs> you were saying uh, that you started your YouTube channel in principle to get better at editing and filming and stuff. And I remember you saying that a lot of times in your earlier videos. I've, I've been watching your channel for a, a good while now. And um, um, when did that change when did you stop being interested in doing client work and when did you say okay now i just want to focus 100 on my channel um I, I definitely think that the poker video was one of the kickers in the whole thing of course because it like it showed me that you can actually make money from youtube in the sense of you know making adsense and get sponsored videos and that kind of stuff but um there's actually a kind of a kind of a funny story underlying story to the poker video because just before i recorded that video i think it was like two weeks before i had a a brand reach out and saying like hey we would love to send you a free product and at that point i was like oh cool this this is amazing (laughs) like wow Uh, and they're like yeah but we want to have a good concept for the product and i'm like okay i'm you know, I'm going to make this fun poker video together with my friend so I can incorporate you into that. And they're like, yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, we're going to send it over and then we can see. So they sent the product over, but (laughs) it did not arrive until the day after. (laughs) So so I was like, when I posted a video and they saw it, they were like, oh, God damn. Uh, But that was your sidetrack. Sorry. Um, Back to back to when when that shift happened, I think it was, I think it was in 2019 during the summer because I was working like when I took some time off from a daytime job. That was in the beginning beginning of 2019, 
and I didn't have any money saved. I started working with clients and I did not want to go back to DHL. That was kind of the thing. So I tried to live month to month, you know, paycheck to paycheck and client to client. That was, that was the thing. I didn't have any, any money at all. I think during the entire year of 2019, I had an income before tax of 13K. That's it. That was the entire thing that I had for the entire year. And then to add on top of that, Amanda, which is my fiance, she was uh, on parental leave. So she didn't get (laughs) that much of money either. And that was like, I really need to work. You know, I I felt that I really need to work something out because this is not going to be sustainable. And I did a client job just in December of 2019, which felt strange because I've been working with this client for a long time. And then just on that job, I felt like, you know what? If I just took this time and invested that into my YouTube channel, then I would come out with four videos for this, right? Mm -hmm. And that is kind of where I started to see the ramp up possibilities that I could do if I just did not do client work. And beginning of 2020, I moved back into this space and I'm like, I'm going to make a lot of videos. So I started to make like two, three videos a week and just like pushed it. And that kind of generated. So I, I like going from the point where you start to see like your time as something valuable rather than something that you can spend on someone else. I mean, like that is kind of a shift that I think everyone should see because time is the only thing that we can control what we spend on. So if you choose to spend it on two hours watching Netflix, then yeah, of course you're not going to make it on YouTube because you just spent two hours watching Netflix, right? (laughs) Exactly. Um, Peter, I want to, kind of go back a little bit to, to where you said, I think Patrick, uh, when he was mentioning, you know, that video where, you know, you, you were celebrating, uh, 800 subs, I think it was, um, you mentioned in there, I think we can hear you saying something like, you know, th- this vlogging thing, you know, the public speaking in front of a camera, I'll never feel comfortable with that. Yeah. Uh, clearly you've overcome <laughs> th- that problem now, but, um, how, how was that? Yeah. When did that shift and talk us through, that experience of, I'm, I'm guessing that you don't feel uncomfortable anymore, right? With a camera. Oh, I do. <laughs> do yeah. I mean, I mean, I, I don't think it's ever one of those things that you will overcome in a, right. in a way, because I mean, like when you're, when you're walking in the middle of a mall, holding a big camera, talking like you're super enthusiastic and people are like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> you know, that it, it feels uncomfortable, but it's also one of the things that you grow into because sitting here in the studio, like it feels like I'm talking to, to a person. It feels like I'm talking to you when I'm looking into the camera, because I know that when I piece everything together, it's going to be better than when it came out of my mouth, really, you know? So I think one, one of the hurdles that, made me run even faster with this was when I realized that you are the singular judge on what you show online. Right. So, so if you want to take, if you want to do 30 takes just to say, hi guys, how are you doing? Then do 30 takes. It doesn't really matter because the thing that the audience is going to see is that one take that felt good to you. Right. Yeah. Very good point. It's a great point. Speaking about vlogging, we obviously this is a passion of yours. I mean, uh, th- it seems to be the thing you you like doing most, or at least one of the things. Um, and I've yeah. seen you also on Twitter, uh, you know, share your struggles with: Do I do it in a separate channel? Do I take it on to the main channel? Oh, yeah. Have you been able to find an answer, or is that still something you're you're sort of contemplating? No, I I definitely have found an answer, but it took me a good like one and a half year. <laughs> <laughs> So I started, I started my vlog channel in 2020 in August and I have been so much back and forth on like 
should I put everything on a main channel or should I put everything on a separate channel or what, like, what do I put where and why do I put it here? You know? Um, but the, the vlog channel for me became, became an outlet of creativity because I want to make videos. I started my YouTube channel by documenting my life. And the more I started to make YouTube a job, the less I documented my life and the more it turned into just making videos about specific types of products or uh, tutorials or that kind of stuff. And I, I, I didn't want that to dictate when I made a video, you know? So the vlog channel was something that spurred out of, I don't know how you say, but um, it spurred out of curiosity to begin with, because I didn't really expect any growth on the vlog channel. And I'm still like, I'm at 11,700 subscribers, which is amazing, by the way. Uh, but I, like, I'm, I'm not, I'm not expecting anyone to just head over to them and subscribe, or I'm not expecting anyone to, um, you know, join in on the big uh, vlog style videos because th those for me are memories. And I think that when we're doing YouTube, it's very easy to get caught up in the money, the sponsorships and, you know, everything that is around what we do. I mean, you guys are working with YouTube as well. So, you know how it is, right? Yeah. I mean, those vlogs uh, to me are, I enjoy watching them because thank you. There are a few, the creators that I um, that I watch because uh, the information they give me or because they do really good tutorials. But the majority of the channels I watch is because when I watch those videos, I feel like I'm hanging out with that person because I yeah. like them, because I've been watching them. <laughs> I, I feel like I know them. So people that are good at vlogs that, that do them well, like Peter McKinnon, like Maddie Hapuya, like yourself, I think it's it's a it's a skill that uh, that can be extremely useful for for any YouTuber because you're creating a relationship with your audience that goes above and beyond uh, anything you could get uh, through tutorials, for instance. Yeah, and uh, thank you, and I, I I agree with everything what you said. The hard part with vlogs, though, and this is why I don't recommend anyone trying to grow their channel with vlogs because it's. It's, it's almost impossible. And the reality of the entire thing is that nobody gives a shit of who you are until you are someone, mm -hmm. right? That's the thing. So like, it's, it sounds harsh, but think about it yourself. For example, if you ha live your life and you document going to the grocery store, buying some bananas, like <laughs> there's billions of people doing the same thing every single day. Why the hell should I watch you buy bananas? Yeah, right? Gives a shit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but think of it as The Rock, for example. Nobody gave a shit until he was The Rock. Right? So, so when yeah, you true. become someone, that is when you can leverage of the fact that you are someone. You know? Yeah. You can experiment. I think it's important to experiment with content. It is. But I think with vlogs... It's, you're, you're absolutely right. You know, if I put a vlog out, no one would give a crap. <laughs> but, no, and, but, um, and, and people are going to be like, oh, why are you putting this shit out of here? Because I just want to see the tech videos, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so Peter, this is actually a nice segue into, into one of the questions we had here, which is, you know, uh, Patrick touched a little bit on there on, you know, we watch vlog videos of yourself because, you know, we like the person and, one of the things that you're known for is, is your Swedish accent. <laughs> and I wondered, and I was speaking to Patrick earlier, and I was, we were kind of wondering, when did you decide to basically not give a damn, right? So, do you know what? I'm <laughs> going to be myself here. I'm just going to be who I am. And clearly, when you watch yeah. your videos doing vlogs, there's, you feel it. It's not, it's not fake. You're not putting a, a show, right? It's, yeah. it's, it's you being you. So, um, yeah, how did you, um, for, what was the thought process behind that? First off, I appreciate that you say that because I, I really try to be the way that I am in my vlogs. I, I don't want, I, I don't want to come across as basically the same as I, now that I met Peter, like he's the same as he is in his videos. I want to be the same right. when people meet me, you know, I, I, I don't want people to feel like, Oh, who's this dude. Right. Yeah. So I, I think 
when you start out talking, especially for us, you know, speaking English when it's not our native language, it's very hard to come across as natural. A lot of people will have like, hello and welcome to my channel. Today we are going to talk about this. And you watch my videos, right? <laughs> no, I was, I was like that in the beginning as well. So it's like, and that is something that we have in common. I mean, like, you know the struggle as well, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and being able to convey yourself and your persona in a natural way in an entirely different language, that is something that is a skill in itself, I think. Absolutely. So for, for, for me, it kind of became this... Um, you know, when when I started my YouTube channel, I was I, I was trying to be Peter McKinnon and Mary Apoya and Casey Neistat at the same time, you know, because when we start, we copy what already works. That is how, how we learn. Uh, but eventually, as I figured out, like, I can't sit here and read from a script the entire video because it doesn't feel natural. It just comes across as scripted. So I started using bullet points instead. And that was when I started stumble on the words, like, oh, the hell, blah, blah, blah. you know, that kind of stuff. <laughs> and there was this one point where I made a, I think it was a Final Cut Pro tutorial or a camera lens review. And I, I like my, my head wasn't there. There was almost every word, like I <laughs> like tried and it just stumbled. It just stumbled. And then I was like, oh, fuck it. I'm just going to include it into the video. And then I did, and people seemed to enjoy it. But then I, I also got a lot of hate for it because there, there was a lot of people that was like, don't try to be someone that you're not. And I'm like, oh, come on. Okay. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> Cheers. Yeah. Uh, yeah. The good old trolls. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I know that uh, uh, we, we actually uh, wanted to talk to you about this um, scripting or non-scripting, which you basically just answered it. For for us, it's, it is tricky. Uh, we have uh, different styles, I would say. Um, for me, it's almost impossible not to script. Yeah. I mean, my native, English is not my native language either. And uh, unless I script, especially with the videos about tech, you know, yeah. about the, the iPads and all that stuff, I want to say so many things. But if I don't have very clear what I want to say, I'm going to be in there for eight hours <laughs> and it's going to be a nightmare. But uh, what I do try to do is to script it while speaking out loud. So it's basically, yeah. they have to be my words and it has to be in speaking language. Otherwise it's going to read like an Sorry. essay, but I still feel like I'm, uh, I'm finding my way to sound as natural as I can. If that makes oh, any yeah, sense for sure. while reading a script. Um, but my goal ultimately is also to uh, sort of ditch the script and, Maybe not entirely. Maybe have some bullet points because tech videos are yeah. difficult to do, you know, like off the cuff. But to sort of learn uh, to speak naturally, are there any tips that you would have for people that are thinking about, you know, either whether they should start doing scripted videos or not, or whether they, like me, are scripting but are trying to get away from that? I think in the beginning, um, you should definitely script your videos if you feel uncomfortable speaking the language, because otherwise, as you said, you're going to be in there for eight hours trying to record like a 10 minute video. And that's, it's not <laughs> simply, you know, sustainable. Mm. Um, for me, I think what I've done is using the vlogs as some sort of practice when it comes to my English, if that makes sense, because the vlogs are, very much just on the go. I don't, I literally don't have anything planned for the vlogs ever. That's it. Like I just pick up the camera in the morning, start record, share my thoughts. And then throughout the day, I just do things that are coming to mind. And when, when you do that, you also get into the habit of talking English and uh, expressing yourself in a different language. And it's, it's almost when you're talking in a second language, you have to create a separate persona as well. It's not that you create something that is not you because it's just a part of you. You know how we, we learn to speak our mother tongue when we're kids. And that is just how we do it throughout the entire life. But when we learn a different language, we have the possibility to express ourselves differently to the people that we want to reach. Right? So, 
using the bullet points for me has been a game changer when it comes to expressing my thoughts in a natural way. For example, when I'm talking about a specific product, I try to write down the highlights. For example, if I, I'm talking about the uh, 16 to 35 GM lens that I got right here, then I want to highlight that it has a 2.8 aperture, it has 16 to 35 millimeter, and then the build quality. That, those are things. So what I would do is that I would take those as bullet points because if you've used the product enough, then the highlights will generate thoughts for you to spin off on, right? So in my opinion, I think that when, when you do that, it kind of brings you to the next thought and the next thought and the next thought. And when you lose that train of thought, then you can go back to the next bullet point, if that makes sense. I know, for the people listening, I am physically taking notes <laughs> because, that's awesome um, I hear that yeah i i definitely struggle with that and like patrick said without a script i feel 100 percent lost i do leave like patrick said you know, a natural writing as i'm doing it and i leave some yeah. gaps as well for i call them brain farts because sometimes you know, <laughs> yeah people, i agree like, so. a bit of humor in there <laughs> but um it's so hard um, yeah. not to have it 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 is, but do like when you do the bullet points because uh, because but when you think about the bullet points, think of it as something that will help you to go down a track of thoughts. A little trigger, right? yeah, yeah. So if you have been using your Mac Studio, you know a lot of things about the Mac Studio, right? People don't really want to listen to all the different specs because that is something that you can read on their website. Yeah. They want to hear your thoughts. So how do you like having the USB-C ports in the front? Like, how do you like having the SD card in the front? How do you like, think about it like that. Mm. Because when, when you start sharing your thoughts, it also becomes more personal. And that is when you can get a different connection with the audience i think but the, there's a bunch of different ways you can go at it awesome i was um <laughs> uh, thinking about the scripting business and i for me that's one of the hurdles sometimes uh, because uh, a little while ago mm -hmm. we, we talked about being motivated and how how you get motivated and for me you know, motivating myself to start writing a script is sometimes the hardest thing you know i love filming i love editing yeah don't like writing scripts so it's necessary evil but i have to get <laughs> myself to that place so to ask the question to you um like what motivates you what gets you out of bed in the morning and and makes you do all these things like sometimes you do daily vlogs your your content is just coming you know non-stop <laughs> how do you motivate yourself to keep doing that even in times where you don't feel like um i th i th i got into a bad bad rut uh i think it was in the beginning of this year towards the end of last year i was feeling very tired and very demotivated and very uh, i don't know how you say it but like, i didn't feel it with my main channel i just i, I, I was having a good run throughout October, November on my main channel where I actually did 45 daily vlogs. Um, but then I started to feel like with the main channel, it's, it's just same, same old, same old doing tutorials, doing info videos, doing how to do this. And what made me think differently was when I did the vlogs, there was a lot of people saying, I really like how you edit this. I really like how you piece the story together or I really like how you do this. So then I started to like incorporate a little bit of tutorial into my vlogs. And then I realized, okay, I got to make these videos, but on my main channel instead. And being motivated in the morning is not something that naturally comes to me. You know, motivation is something that we all have to search for. But what motivates me the most is the possibility of just to be able to create something from nothing every day. Like you, you, you we have that poss possibility today. And I think that that is so incredibly cool. And when you think about it, the new tech products, there's, there's thousands of people dropping videos on the specific tech products, but there is only one Patrick and one, only one Alex. So you got to see it as your thoughts are unique to you, right? Your thoughts right. 
are something that no one else in the entire world can share, except for you. And that is how I think when I go up in the morning, like no one lives my life. No one knows what I'm going to do. No one knows why I'm changing the tires on my car. Can I document that in an interesting way? Absolutely. That's cool. Right? Love that. Absolutely love that. <laughs> your your sort of interludes between scenes on, on, the, on the vlogs is yeah, it's a work <laughs> of art. And, and I know <laughs> Thank it you. takes time and you, you, you probably plan those things probably weeks ahead sometimes. You can tell that you really, really... no. No, no, all, <laughs> just like just on drop the, the camera and film it. <laughs> legit on the vlog channel. I'm going to be completely serious. Nothing is planned. Wow. I wake up in the morning. No one video on the vlog channel is planned. It is just me having the camera throughout the day. I've said this bunch of times on Twitter. You know it, Patrick. Yeah, that's incredible. <laughs> Especially the, you know, the, kind of the the long shots of, of, I don't know, by the tram line and you make it so yeah. special or it might be a drone <laughs> shot and you think, oh my gosh, that would take me ages to do it. And you just, <laughs> just, oh, just a few seconds here and there. It's like, you know, cinematic I, stuff. I, th- I think I appreciate you saying that and thank you so much. Uh, first of all, I, th- I think it's so cool to hear that because I'm not doing anything differently than what anyone else can do. I mean, like I'm just using the camera that I have at hand and then going up a little bit earlier in the morning, maybe, and then trying to go out and capture what I think is interesting to start the day. And I think when you, when you have the basics of cinematography, like the framing, the kind of like motion that you can capture the shot with, then that, turns into something interesting even though for you it might be everyday life yeah yeah so that's a nice segue as well because everything you do you know feels high quality everything is is like you know thank you you, you're pushing the limits of what can be done with whatever you've got and 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 you can see that in in the other stuff that you do right whether it's bodybuilding like like you mentioned at the beginning you you went all out and you you know you probably got (laughs) to a, a really i mean incredible level and we watch you build your studio and everything again, you know, that would take <laughs> professionals to, you know, to build a long time. And you're doing that almost, I yeah. guess, everything yourself. So everything you do is like all in or nothing. And you've got that. Yeah. The question I have is, is that just part of your personality? Is that how you do everything? Or is this something that you just got used to and you know that there's a goal and to get to that goal, you need to get, you know, get, get things done. Yeah, that's, that's um, the, what, what is it? As I said in the beginning, I'm more of a fan of the challenge rather than the goal, right? For me, the studio build was amazing when I was in there. Now that it's done, it's like, okay, what do I do with this space? And then, <laughs> the, the, then the new space is like, this is amazing. You know, I, I, I can build a bathroom here. I can install like window doors. I can do this. I can build this and that. And then once it's done, I'm probably going to move on to the next challenge. And that, that for me is what YouTube is, right? So YouTube is the challenge for me to figure out and I can't figure it out. And that is what makes me always you know, keep pushing out the videos because it makes me so frustrated, but also motivated at the same time that I, I don't know what to do. So I try to do what I think works. Right. Right. Yeah. But isn't that like the, the attraction of it all? I mean, yeah. I can really relate to that. I, I have a completely different uh, professional background and even though I really liked it for a long time and I, I did a, you know, I went all in, if you will, as well. Uh, and I had my successes and everything. But at a certain time, you know, you're selling your time and there's a cap to it. Yeah. And with YouTube, I feel like um, there is no cap. You can do so many things and, and you can do so many side avenues and there there doesn't seem to be a ceiling and you can just keep building and building and building. And to me, that's what is so attractive about YouTube is that there is just no end to it. It seems endless what you can that's do. Right. It's amazing. Yeah. And that's also one of the things when I started working in DHL back in 2016, 2015, I started with unloading boxes onto the conveyor belt. That was my thing. And I worked like three hours every day. That was it. And then 
two and a half, three years later, I was the supervisor of the same like department that I started in. But even so, I felt that, okay, where do I go now? Like, what is the challenge? What, what happens now? So that like jumping into YouTube started this like never ending challenge for me. And I mean, like my fiance, she has been the absolute best support that I could ever imagine to have on this journey. But we've also had like, <laughs> she's also been like, you know, you, you're, you're working too much right now. Mm-hmm. It's like, when are you off? <laughs> you know? So I think towards the end of last year, uh, or towards the fall of last year, I started dial down the amount of videos that I made just because I got to spend time with the family. I got to, I got to be more present. And that is also to answer your question, Alex, my, a little bit of my personality because all in or nothing, you know, mm. I do everything in my power that I can possibly do to reach the point that I want to be. But I totally forget to appreciate the moment that I'm currently in. Yeah, that's also a, a fantastic segue, I think, to the question that we both have. <laughs> uh, Alex and I both are in the process of moving out of our little bedrooms uh, in our houses and, and going into a, a dedicated space. Yes, that, that does deserve Congrats. a growl. Okay. Congrats. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, it's nerve-wracking as well, but it, yeah, exciting. It's scary as hell, but it feels good. <laughs> but uh, the question is... Um, uh, because you were talking about Amanda and about your family and about work-life balance, the reason for me and I think also for Alex, we both have families and uh, you know you know young kids, yeah. um, being interrupted continuously at home. Even though those interruptions are lovely, they uh, they can be very tough. So um, going out and you know finding your space to uh, to work, I think will be super beneficial. So the question I have is is twofold basically. Uh, how important was it for you to to get your own space and to you know, to be able to go out the door and do your thing. And have you been able to, and you've, you've in part already answered that question, have you been able to find a balance where uh, you do your work? Let me rephrase that. Are you able to close the door behind you at the end of the day, go home and be home? Or do you still take a little bit of YouTube with you and do some work when you're there? To answer your first question, um, <laughs> scrolling back to like sitting at the uh, kitchen table, popping a balloon. It, when it, when I recorded those videos, I mean, we live in a 52 square meter apartment and that it's the same apartment as starting my YouTube channel in. And that was intense. Like I had to tell Amanda literally like go into the bedroom and bring the iPad and just watch something because I'm going to record a video. That's it. <laughs> right. Um, and that, that was the case for several months. And when I got my own space, I definitely felt more motivated to create better stuff and to push myself towards different things because I could buy a light. I could have a dedicated setup. I could make sure that I had a desk where I always sat down at and do my work. So yes, absolutely. Having your own space is such a huge difference compared to anything else so if you're if you're if you're listening right now and you're on the on the edge if you should get a space then yes get a space because a space is deductible so if you're making any sort of money from your youtube channel or your company take that money and get a separate space and then use your salary to pay the rent don't think about the amount of money that you want to save up because right now is is the moment where you can take that further. And then if it doesn't work out, just say like, okay, sorry, I, I tried, you know? Exactly. Um, I needed to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but if, if you just can sit at home and record your videos, then... It's stressful. Yeah, yeah you, you are limited as well. Mm. I mean, you can only do so much, right? Mm, exactly. So, so what, what are you going to do? Are you going to complain about the situation or are you going to move out of the space that you're in to grow into a bigger space because that's what it is i mean like we talked about the studio build and what what that has been for me has been a way to grow into a new space and make new content so even though i love the challenge it has of course helped me to create more stuff and i think that the new space that i'm building right now is going to be another segue into new content you know 
to answer your second question though um yeah like going out this door just closing it and no youtube that's that's not gonna happen (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah your your life is your work (laughs) (laughs) but you know watching from obviously as a as a viewer uh it feels that it's it's just something that you you happen to love your job and your job is your life and it's it, you know there's not yeah. a, you know doesn't seem to be a, a line where you know, most people are are in that situation where you know nine to five is actual yeah. job and then there's a hobby and then there's a family and I think you're kind of <laughs> merging all of those things yeah and that that's the thing with YouTube and um, the content that I'm making and. I, Scrolling back a little bit to the to the vlog channel, I think that that is kind of kind of a fascinating thing because see it like if I have my main channel here, then this is big. This is already established. This is something that works, right? And then I have my vlog channel, which is over here, and the vlog channel right now generates money as well. So I can make videos on my main channel, just the videos that is related to cameras and tech and that kind of stuff. But then I can also make money just by living my life. You know, so how weird, how, how weird is that, that we're actually have that possibility in this day and age? I think, I I think it's amazing. And even more amazing is that there's so many people that wants to be a part of this. And I'm so incredibly grateful for everyone that has been a part of the journey so far, because even though it is numbers on a screen, it's when you get a comments, like I know Patrick, you've been, you've been around for a long time. Like I've seen your comments for a long time, right? Uh, And boying. (laughs) and, And people think that, you're just one of those persons, you know, when you drop a comment on a creator's site. But if you constantly do that, you know, I mean, like you have Patrick and another person that always has been around on my channel is a guy called Paul Feinberg. He's like one of the kindest, one, one of the kindest guys and constantly watches my stuff. And like, I'm talking to him. I gave him my number because we, He's been around for so long. So for me, it means so much to be able to provide something of value to someone that is watching and be in the same situation that I was a couple of years ago and to to make them feel pumped about doing something that I'm already doing, you know? That's brilliant. It, it, it just, ah. Yeah, it's so funny how those things go, uh, you know, also with this Twitter stuff. Uh, and we want to talk about that a little bit later, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, Alex will will go there with you. But I was just going to say that it's so cool. You mentioned Paul Feinberg, and uh, I just basically learned about him (laughs) via Twitter. And that's probably because you're connected (laughs) to him somehow via Twitter. And uh, they're doing yeah. their podcast as well. And, uh, you know, he's a, he's a cool guy for sure. But, uh, yeah, it's cool how that works. It's a, It seems to be such a small community where the same people meet each other over yeah. and over again. It is. And, and there's a lot of people that are enjoying the content that we do and just see it as an escape of reality for 10 minutes. You know, for example, me, me and Peter mm-hmm. going to Italy, hanging out together and just having a good time trying to invite the viewer to join in on that time is their escape of their own reality in the sense of, you know, maybe they're sitting on DHL having a cup of coffee and want to do the same thing as I'm doing. Who knows? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was such a supply to a (laughs) year long demand though. You know, so many people have requested, literally requested this video to finally happen. So I I guess, uh, you know, it must have been such an amazing experience for you. But I'm sure that a lot of your uh, your longtime viewers are are equally excited. Yeah, there's only been positive comments so far. And I'm super, super hyped that the audience think it's as much fun as I did uh, to hang out with Peter. It's awesome. I think it's awesome. Brilliant. Um, we were talking about spaces earlier, and I'm gonna make a. a it's it's going to be like a Tom Buck sort of joke here, but space. Now let's move <laughs> on to Twitter. So there's a connection uh-huh. there. Hey. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> you, we noticed that you've you've made a, a switch from, maybe not so much as of a switch, but you turned off a little bit of your Instagram 
you uh, know, you, you actually said on Twitter that you've deleted the app and you go in there, post something, and then you, you install the app just to post that one post and delete it again. Yeah. What made you do that, um, you know, that, that switch and, and change of mm, platforms? It's, it's, um, it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those things that is kind of hard to explain, but I, I do the same with TikTok. I never use TikTok. I hate TikTok. Oh, I, I, I loathe it. <laughs> yeah. It's one of the worst things when it comes to social media. I, I not talking about the creators. I'm talking about the app, how it consumes you Time. Yeah. when you're using it. And for me, there was this one point, I think it was back in 2020, just at the like beginning of the pandemic. I was sitting here at the office using TikTok and then I realized, holy shit, it's been like two and a half hours. And from that point, I was like, I'm not going to use this app <laughs> at all. Yeah. So I deleted it and now I just download, upload, delete. And that is it. With Instagram, I tried deleting it for a week. And what happened was that I didn't feel like I missed something except for the DMs. And, that was basically and probably it. Probably business opportunities as well, right? Of course. I mean, like, having a large following a uh, large audience means that you also get offers to make money from that said audience. Mm -hmm. um, so I have to use Instagram to be able to monetize my content right. on Instagram. Um, but I think that people complain a lot about not having the time to do stuff. And then they sit and watch my videos. And I think that, for for me, it's kind of I don't I don't see the equation because if if you complain on not having time enough, then you spend ten minutes watching my stuff and maybe like uh, fifty minutes watching reels on Instagram and then another uh, twenty minutes watching a documentary on Netflix. You know, Could plan a video, yeah, there, <laughs> or, or yeah, there, there, there is there is time, and for me, time is one of the most important things that I have right now. And I feel like I don't have enough time. So why should I let an app take up that time? Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Great point. I mean, we have this discussion often, but when people say <laughs> yeah. I don't have time, you do. You do have yeah. time. Exactly. And, and for me, it's it's been now with the build out. For I can give you a perfect example. Um at the beginning of the year, I got into a very good routine of working out like three days a week. And then I started build out like, oh, do I still have time? Of course I have time. I just don't do it. <laughs> Why? Because I don't want to. I'm prioritizing something differently. And as long as I'm doing that, I cannot complain and say, ah, oh, you know, I don't have time to work out today. <sighs> yeah. It's like, yeah, fuck that. That's a clear message. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, something completely different. I mean, we've talked about your, uh, your audience, uh, which is massive, obviously. And uh, even though the majority of your audience is probably not in Sweden, it's probably in the US, yep. uh, like the most of us. But do you <laughs> get recognized since your audience is, is now pretty big? Dur during my entire career as a YouTuber here in Sweden, and internationally, it has happened three times. <laughs> wow. So That's you really it. have to live in the U.S. to get recognized. <laughs> I, I think so. I mean, like one time it was someone that sent me a photo on Instagram saying that they saw me like <laughs> out and about. And then the other, right. other time there was someone that recognized me and said like, oh, it's you. And then the, the, the latest time it was um, when I was traveling, I don't know, I can't remember where, yeah, to Norway. There was like on the plane down to Copenhagen where I had my transfer, there was one guy that was like, oh, it's like I watch your videos. That, those are the only times. Otherwise, like nobody knows who I am here. <laughs> oh, that's, that, that, that's great though, right? That, yeah, it that, is. Nothing that will last. <laughs> oh, I love that. It's like, I, for me, it's, I, I don't want to be someone, you know, I'm, I'm not any, anything special. I'm, I'm making videos and I've had great ideas, but I'm not different from anyone else. And I think that that is very important to put out there because just because I am an influencer 
doesn't mean that I am better than someone or that I can do something differently. It just means that I have had more practice in my craft and that, that you can apply to your own stuff. I mean, like we're on the same level. We're both humans and everything. So, yeah, that's right. So speaking about the U S you are going to Los Angeles. Yes. And yes. You know, we've had Tom Buck on the the podcast. We both uh, love Tom. He's he's also one of those <laughs> channels that we both uh, watched. Uh, you know, in the beginning, because best dude. When you start a YouTube channel, I think that's true for most people. Um, I would imagine it's true for most people. Even it doesn't matter which niche you're in. At some point, you're going to have to get interested in cameras and audio. Yeah. So uh, so so you then. I organically find the channels of Tom and yourself, of course. Um, so uh, you've been doing your podcast with Tom. That's that's one thing that is awesome. And I think I heard you say already that you, you're still interested, but it's just, you know, a matter of, you know, not having or finding the time uh, yeah. to do it. But uh, you're going to meet him in LA, right? Yep. What can we expect from that? Are you going to do something cool? Uh, I want to do a creator meetup. I like, I want to meet my audience. I've never, never seen my audience. I think that that is, that's one of the weird thing because when, when my channel took off, that was in the beginning of the pandemic as well. So there was a lot of things planned that just went. And ever since the first travel to actually meet another creator that I've done was with Teppo and then Leela and then now Peter, but that is over the span of two years. Right. So I want to see my audience. I want to say hi. I want to say thank you. I want to say, you know, show my gratitude for people actually being there and just enjoying my videos. That is what I want to do on one of the days when we are, when we are in the lay. And of course I'm going to vlog the entire thing. I mean, I think I, I'm not going to say that I'm certain, but I think I'm going to do a 14 day daily vlog run leading up to the trip and then i'm gonna vlog the entire trip and then create a massive vlog from that i think and i hope i hope we're gonna do like a live podcast with whiskey Ooh. <laughs> we always ask our guests um for you know a creator or you know where he or she caught your eye recently and perhaps yeah. don't have the you know the the deserved uh, amount of subscribers or views or whatever so yeah it's kind of a shout out that we ask every guest to uh, to do let me let me just go into my uh because i don't have any specific names in my head right now but i have my subscribe su- subscription <laughs> obviously patrick and, and my channel first but yeah <laughs> of course <laughs> of course <laughs> um, goes without saying but I, I gotta say that I'm very bad at looking at videos because that's also one of the things that I feel is, you know, how do you say, taking up it's my time. time. time yeah. Cons- yeah. yeah. So for, for me, it's a lot of whenever I do watch, I try to watch videos that I really know will benefit m- my time, maybe entertainment or anything similar. So when it comes to gear reviews, I don't watch any gear reviews at all, like none. And when it comes to listening to someone talk about how they like the latest Sony camera and why they're switching to Canon and why they're, I don't watch that. I think it's one of the most boring things ever. Sorry. (laughs) I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you shouldn't make those videos because I'm making those myself and those work. But when you are at a point um, for example, like I am, you want to have just, a, thoughts, yeah, just that you said, Patrick, I mean, like you watch my vlogs, you know, those mm-hmm. are the ones that you enjoy because you're hanging out with a friend. That is what I want to do when I watch my, anyone's videos. Yeah. Um, but I think one of the, one of the creators that has actually caught my eye in the last, I think it was like three months is Leo Keller. I think that you guys oh, have yeah. seen him as well. Yeah. He yeah. is, he is 16. Yeah, it's incredible. What is going on? How? I think he just started a, an in- internship today as well. He was posting about that. Yeah, it, a, incredible it, talent. Yes, and he's 16 and from Germany, if mm-hmm. I remember correctly. That's right, yeah. And he's just crushing it. 
he's making so many good videos and so many good photos and just posting stuff consistently. And I'm like, if I could do this when I was 16, I'd be blown away. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's uh, really exciting to see what he's going to do, you know, because with talented kids like that, you never know if they're going to, if, if they even want to do YouTube for a long time. Yeah. If he has so many gifts, you know, you might up doing something uh For sure. Else. For sure. Yeah. But, but he's, he's, he's amazing. His photography. Um, he's great. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. So Thank what you, you said earlier, uh, I, I, I relate to that. I, I have um, these phases where I yeah. watch things on YouTube. I, I did watch gear reviews before I started a YouTube channel because I'm a huge nerd and I like tech. Um, but when I started a YouTube channel, I, well, first of all, I actively stopped watching them because I didn't want to be too, too much influenced by them. The gas. 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 Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> but the other thing is also that um, I started getting interested in, um, uh, in stuff about YouTube. Like in yeah. uh, filming, which is obviously why I started watching your um, uh, channel. But also currently I'm actually, because I'm moving into a studio, I'm just consuming so many uh, YouTube studio tours at the moment <laughs> to see like, okay, what can I do? What is a good way to to, to get this room done? How, what can I do about my audio? Do I need sound blankets? All that <laughs> kind of stuff. But I can assure you that once I move into that studio, I lose all interest in those yeah. kind of videos. Yeah, but that, that's yeah. kind of the, the, how do you say, the, the ecosystem of YouTube. Because you, you start watching one thing and then you learn about that. And then once you've learned about that, you move on to the next thing. And then you start learning about that or find an interest in that. And I think you can relate it to the same way. If you want to buy a new lens, then of course you want to hear what people think about the lens. But if I already have most of the products that people are dropping videos on, or that I have no interest of buying it, I'm not watching it because for me, it's like, just ah. <laughs> it's funny. I, I, I think I bought this lens I'm looking at into now. It's your fault, basically. <laughs> <laughs> so Which lens is it? It's a Tamron. Um, oh, the 2875? Yeah. Exactly. Ah, so I'm, good. I'm, I'm at 35 mil right now, but yeah. It's so a, good. Yeah, it's a brilliant, brilliant camera. I mean, I use it for everything. It's yeah. so cheap as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I think it was like six hundred or something. Yeah, it was very That's cheap. Wild. I think Which, Tom will be very happy that for once he doesn't get the blame for us buying stuff. <laughs> yeah, Tom, Tom is is to blame for this. Yeah, pretty he, much everything audio. Tom, Roadcaster. Tom is a very good salesman when it comes to oh, roadcasters. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we all fell for it. Yeah, must have a good uh, good affiliate links. <laughs> <laughs> so. Um, Maybe to uh, to conclude the official part, if you will, uh, the last question I, I like to ask, and there's basically a two part question, um, is what are your goals for this year, for the, you know, the the remainder of 2022? And and this sounds like a bit like a job interview, but it's something that we like asking people is where do you see yourself in five years when it comes to YouTube? Yeah, that's the classic question. Like, what are, what are your goals, and where do you see yourself? Um, and. and I guess there's no one that ever has a good answer to this, but my goals with YouTube is not like, I, I don't really, it might sound weird, but I, I, I appreciate everyone that subscribes, but the number to increase is not something that I'm striving for as long as I'm having fun and the audience is having fun. Right. So for me getting to a million would be sick, but it, it it's not why I'm doing what I'm doing, if that makes sense. And the goal of YouTube is just to keep, keep it up, being consistent and have fun with it and make sure that I have the brands that I'm working on that, that, that we can make stuff together because I'm, I'm very loyal to the brand that's I've been working with. I mean, like Artlist, I've been working with them since 2019, never switched. And then DJI, same thing. Uh, Nanlite, same thing. And there's just, that is something that I want to keep because I think that being loyal to a brand is going to give you more value in the long run. And it's also going to build more trust towards my audience of what I'm actually using. And um, yeah, I think, you know, just having fun with it and moving forward and then trying to see my, my channels as two separate entities rather than right. one single unit. Because when, when it comes to 
posting videos here and posting videos there. It's, it's, it's like if you have a, um, store that is selling dishwashers and all of a sudden you decide that you're going to say late sell ladies underwear, right? Your clientele is probably not going to be that interested in ladies underwear, right? Mm, I don't know. <laughs> I know exactly what you're thinking. Yeah. <laughs> don't say it. <laughs> it, it. It's like that, that is kind of the way that I'm thinking though, because it's like if you have someone that always wants to have latest and greatest dishwasher, then they're probably not going to buy the latest underwear. No, it's not a natural crossover. Yeah, definitely. So that's the goal. That's the plan. That's why, what I'm moving forward. How about you guys? Uh, you know, it, huh? maybe... Uh, Put you on the spot. No, it's a great question. <laughs> it's one that, I've, uh, that has been occupying, uh, occupying my mind uh, a lot because... Uh, and we've talked about this a million times, Alex and I, you know, when, if people would ask me two years ago, even a year ago, even six months ago, like, would you ever consider doing YouTube full time or uh, being a creator full time? I would have said, of course not. It's a hobby. I would never be able to do it. You know, I'm a lobbyist uh, by trade. It's a totally different game, but then things changed and I started liking it. (laughs) A lot more and you know things started happening and i had some uh, little minor successes and i noticed that you can actually make some money with this and um i don't have that clear of an answer anymore you know i'm not at all excluding anymore uh, you know being able to maybe do this for a living you know even if it's maybe not 100 percent of my time but it will be i cannot imagine anymore stopping this let's let's put it that way this yeah. is not something i want to end well, ladies and gentlemen, we have a future full-time YouTuber right here. <laughs> I think I think he just answered that, right? <laughs> yeah, I'm uh, in denial. Yeah. <laughs> for me, How about you, Alex? For me, it's kind of one step at a time. Like Patrick, I do something completely random for my nine to five that actually pays the bills. Uh, but it's, it's, yeah, the fact that I'm actually moving to a studio means I'm using 100% of YouTube money to do that. That's so awesome. We'll see. We we'll see where that leads. Uh, if if it doesn't work, like you said, you know, it's it's something that I want to do to try, and I'd rather regret you, trying than mm. not not trying. Exactly. I mean, like you don't want to sit in the rocking chair on your porch when when you're like eighty five and think, oh man, I I wish, I wish. No, I made en- not- enough mistakes yeah. in my life to to know that you got to try stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We're not that spring chickens anymore, are we? (laughs) No, I mean, like, how old are you guys? 40. 30, 40, 30, 40, something. Both 40 plus? 43. No, Alex is 40 plus. I am still 40. (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you're like that. There's a difference. Yeah. But see, that's, that's a cool thing with YouTube as well, because it doesn't really matter what age you are. As long as you have an interest and you have thoughts to share on that specific interest, then you can just do it. Exactly. Yeah. What's your age? That, that's Peter? the main You're thing. Thirty something. So Thirty three this year. So I'm a youngster. Chicken. You are a youngster. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yep. That's why I still have the energy to do the build outs and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. We don't have <laughs> that amazing. anymore. <laughs> Gosh, no, I'd, yeah. I'd rather pay somebody. <laughs> yeah. Or watch no, it. It's been. So inspiring talking to you. I mean, it is inspiring watching Same. your stuff and listening to you. And it's been everything I thought you would be, to be honest. I don't know, Patrick. Um, yeah, I'm, yeah. I appreciate that a slightly, lot. But, yeah, it, it, means, it means a lot that you, uh, that you, enjoyed, that you enjoyed it. And I, I, I really enjoyed it too. It's very, very good to meet, as I said, to meet people. Even though it's just a face like this, it's, yeah, exactly. it's awesome. It's cool. So thank you for having me. Thanks for coming on. I appreciate it.